Hey, good morning, church. We are so excited to be in church with you today. We're so glad that you're watching online and that you're part of Summit Church. If this is your first time today, you're joining us for the very first time, we are so thankful that, that, you're, that you're here with us. We're so thankful that you're, you would take time to be part of Summit Church this morning. And listen, we would love to just get to know you a little bit better. We are all about relationship here and connecting. And so if you are new and you're watching this morning, I want to ask that you would do something, that you would just go to the link in the description and that you would click on that and then it'll, it'll bring up uh, a form for you just to fill out. It's just a way for us to know you were with us today. And then we're going to just reach out, say hi, connect with you, and uh, let you know how important you are. Man, I, I don't believe it's by accident that you are watching this morning, that you're part. I believe God wants to speak to you, that there is a reason that you're here, as long, and also the same for everyone else that's joining in, church. We know that today, God wants to move. God wants to speak. You know, we're in the series in the book of Nehemiah, and we're coming to an end. I think this is the 10th message in the series, and I would encourage you, if you haven't if you haven't listened to the series or watched the series on Facebook or on YouTube, man, I would encourage you to go back and check out the, the, the past messages. They've been so good. So many people from our staff uh, preaching and teaching, and I've loved it. it. Last week's message, talking about not coming down, I mean... If that doesn't fire you up, I don't know what will. It was, it was, it was so good. And uh, so go check it out. Come up to date where we're at with the series. We only have a few, uh, I think one week left after this. And then we'll be going to a new series we're so excited about. But today we're going to uh, jump into this and we're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8. And we're going to read this as they have finished the wall and they come to this this point of, of celebration and, and celebrating God's Word. Nehemiah 8, 1 through 6. You can follow along in your Bible right there, you can, or you can look on the screen. Nehemiah 8, 1, 6. We're going to read this together. It said, All the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. This is, come on, this is everyone gathering around for the word. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra, the teacher of the law, he was a scribe, he was a teacher, so he was, he was articulating the word and, and teaching this. It said he stood on a, high, on a high wooden platform, so he's above everybody, built for the occasion. It's so that everyone could see him and everyone could hear him. And beside him on his right stood uh, Matthias, Shema, Aniah, Uriah, there's a lot of us here, Hilkiah, uh, uh, and Messiah. Masiah, and on his left were Padiah, Mishael, Milkjah, Hashem, and a whole bunch of other people. Come on, someone say amen. You're like, woo! Praise the Lord, we got through that. I skipped a few. Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them, and as he opened it, the people all stood up. 
Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Oh my gosh, come on. We are going to have fun today. I'm so excited about this message. The title of the message today is, It's Worth It. It's worth it. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. That, that We thank you that we can call upon the name of Jesus and we can come into your presence, God, with open hearts and open minds to receive from your word, God. We know that your word is not returned void. It's, it's powerful and it's life-giving. And so I pray today as we look into the word together that revelation would come to our hearts and minds by the Holy Spirit. that we'd be changed and transformed. God, I, I pray you would speak through me. It would be your word speaking through me. I love you and I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So there were two little old ladies that were walking out of church one Sunday. One of the little old ladies had invited her friend to church and they come to church together and they're, they're walking out of church and the... The, the lady was asking her friend, she goes, you know, what would you think? She said, well, it was, it was good, but, but my, the preacher certainly likes to preach a long time. And the, the friend that invited her said, well, no, he, he really doesn't. It just seems like a long time. <laughs> and you're like, that's not me. I promise you that's not me. But, you know, come on, we... There's times in, in any church setting or anything we've been in that we find ourselves checking our watch and, and wondering what's going on. I mean, come on, society has ruined us. Everything is so fast-paced. That's how we feel everything should be. But imagine the setting of what we read here in Nehemiah. So from, from basically six hours, for, for six hours, the Word was being read for six hours. Come on, some of us can't make it through a 45-minute message. It's, it's frustrating. It's hard. Come on, I'm not knocking you. I'm just saying, let's get perspective. Six hours, the reading of the Word. And, and if you look, at, it said that they, they were standing, they were amening, they were bowing. They, would, they were going through these motions of, of response to the Word of God. And it doesn't ever say they sit down. So this is for six hours. This is what's going on. And then on top of that, if you read, they actually come back the next day for more. I mean, they can't get enough of what's going on here. And when you read this, I think, you know, we would just think, what in the world would compel them to act like this? What would compel them to do this? It was because they placed such value on the Word. They placed high value on the Word of God. You know, we've probably all heard the saying, one man's junk is another man's treasure. And, you know, we if you will find that what is valuable to one person or what is valuable to me might not be valuable to you. I mean, you know, you may come over or go to one of your friend's house and they may have these these uh these drawings or these paintings that their kids have done on their refrigerator well that to them is like of high value but to you it may may not mean anything or there could be a family heirloom that you it means so much to you but it doesn't have necessarily necessarily monetary value and so you see it and you're like that that means nothing to no one else but it means something to me 
See, the definition of worth says that the value of something measured by its qualities or by the esteem in which it's held. Qualities or the esteem by which it's held. How do we, what a value do we assign to it? I found often we don't understand the worth of something that we have right in front of us. I was, I was reading an article about these, these different things that people had, had, different items that they had, just didn't even know that it was worth something. This one family had this, this rock, this just rock they would have, and uh, it just sat around. They actually used it to, it was mainly used to prop open the door. They had this rock that they would use to prop open the door, and they'd had it for, I mean, for decades. And it was a, they knew it was like a meteor rock, but they didn't think anything about it. Or, and, then, and then one day this, this guy's kid said, hey, we should have that you know, checked out. And so they took it to a, a, a lab, actually, and the lab identified what it was. And, it, and this, I mean, it was like this size, and it ended up being worth $100,000. They had a $100,000 rock using to prop the door open. How many of you guys know I would take that, sell it, buy a doorstop? Who cares? You know what I'm saying? I mean, come on. This thing was worth so much money. They didn't even know. It was literally set, sitting right there in front of them. And if you don't know what you have, well, then it makes sense to not understand its worth. If you don't, under, if you don't realize what you have there, I can see where you don't understand its worth, but but when you do know and you do have that, that revelation of what you have and the worth of it, then it changes, I think, how we treat it. It, it changes uh, how, we, how we care for it. Because when you, when you have something that has great value and you've assigned great worth to it, we know that you, you, you take care of it in a different manner. You cherish it. You, you actually respect it. You, you protect it. You fight for it. And even in what we see here, if you find something that has great worth, you will stand for it. You will stand for it. And that's what we see right here in the book of Nehemiah. The Israelites have come to this place of thankfulness because the walls have been rebuilt. There's the, the, they're being reestablished. They are, there's security. There's all these things. And so they, they go back to the Word of God. And actually there's a revival here that we see and a renewal of their hearts back to God as they're honoring God. And I, and I loved what one theologian said that he said there's a strong emphasis on God, when there is always a strong emphasis on God's Word when there's a spiritual renewal. There's always a strong emphasis on God's Word when we go into spiritual renewal. And I believe God is continually renewing us, is continually bringing us to a place of where we should be surrendering our hearts to Him day after day, and that, that He wants to do something great in us. I believe God is moving in our church right now. I believe God is bringing re renewals. We repent, rebuild, restore. God is doing something in us, and I can promise you that the Word of God will not be left out of it because the Word of God is critical for it. God's Word is worth our attention. God's Word is worth our focus. God's Word is worth our engagement. Come on, God's Word is worth it. So this morning I, I want to share three reasons why God's 
word is worth it. So often we tell you what we should do, but you're like, well, why? Let me tell you why it, the, the God's word, the Bible, is, is worth it. I want to do three things. And I just thought we'd stick with the R's since that's what we've been with, right? And uh, so number one, why is God's worth it? Number one, it reveals Jesus. This is the most important thing. It reveals Jesus. I want us to get this through our, through our mind and let it settle into our hearts. God's word is worth it because, number one, it reveals Jesus to us. See, we don't worship God's word, but we do worship Jesus. And God's word is the avenue in which we know him. Come on, I want you to hear that again. We don't worship God's word, but we do worship Jesus, and his word is the avenue in which we hear about him. Think about it. How do we hear about Jesus? How are we reminded of Jesus, of who he is and what he did for us? How do we know his love for us? Well, it's through the Holy Spirit, right? Speaking to us God's word. It's in line with God's word. See, we even here at Summit Church, you'll see something every Sunday. We, we stand in, in honor of God's Word. You, maybe you've been in churches where they, they say something before they get into the... I can't remember what Joel Osteen says. But say, this is my Bible. I do what it says I'm supposed to do. I, I can't even remember it all. But you know what I'm saying. I mean, that's... And so... We do that because we want to honor God's Word. We stand in honor of God's Word. We, we should be so thankful for God's Word. We, so we stand in, in, a, in an expression of thankfulness and reverence for God's Word. But we worship Jesus. Jesus should be the, the object of our worship, should be the object of our affection and our love. And, and here's what I want us to understand today. I want to clarify for culture's sake, what that means when we say we worship Jesus. We don't worship a Savior that has been built or modeled from man's views. We don't get to dictate who Jesus is. We don't get to customize Jesus to whatever we want to do. We don't get to make Him the object of our worship because He lines up with how we want to live our life. We worship a Savior that is beyond anything we could compare Him to. We worship a Savior that is God, that is the Alpha and Omega and the beginning and the end. And how do we know who He is? It's because our Savior lines up with God's Word. How do we have a clear definition of who Jesus is? How do we have a clear definition of a Savior without the Word of God? Well, we don't. 2 Corinthians 5, 16-17, I love it. It says, So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Come on, we can't define Jesus in our own humanity. He is beyond that. And so we have to continually go back to the Word of God. Because I'm going to tell you right now, we often think of, or people will even say, well, I love the Gospels and I want to do what they say but I don't know about the rest of the Bible. I want you to know that the whole Bible reveals Jesus to humanity. 
The whole Bible is about Him. You say, you're sticking on number one a long time. It's, it's because if we don't get this, we're not going to get the rest of it. If we don't understand that the Bible reveals Jesus to us, if we don't have the revelation of who He really is, we will never change in the other things in our life. Revelation precedes repentance. We have the revelation of who He is. And if we look through the Word of God, we see this active. In Genesis, if you look, God didn't say, I make man in my image. He said, we make man in our image. It speaks to the Trinity. Jesus was there. Jesus has always been there. We see the fall of man and how after the fall of man, God established His Word and He established the law. What was to precede and show us the need for a Savior, the need for one that could come, that could redeem. If you look in the Old Testament, there were the prophets, the minor and the major prophets. They were writing about many different things, but it was continually pointing back to a Savior that would come, that would set the record straight, that would come and renew us. We come into the New Testament, the Gospels or the eyewitness accounts of Jesus Christ walking this earth. If you look in the book of Acts, it tells us how the church was built upon the rock, the foundation, Jesus Christ. And it tells of the acts of the apostles following Jesus. If you look at the epistles, it tells us of how we are to live for Him and run after Him and how the church is supposed to be. If you look at the book of Revelation, it tells us of His return and of our eternal, uh, eternal life that we get to live with Him. See, everything in the Bible points to Jesus. You cannot separate Jesus and His Word. There's often so people like, I love Jesus, but I just don't know about that Bible. Well, I'm just going to tell you, you have wrong thinking. Because if you stand up for Jesus, you're going to have to stand up for the Word. If Jesus is worthy to you, and you've assigned Him this high value in your life, then you're going to have to do the same to the Word. You're like, well, I don't know if I really believe the word. I've seen where it's, it's contradictory. Just the last little part of Pastor David's message last week where he was talking about the Bible being written over, over continents by 40 men in line with the Holy Spirit. And you can go look at the prophecies that have been proven. I, I mean, even it's funny. So many people are like, well, you know, the Bible's been changed over and over and over again throughout all of history. I'm like, that's interesting because in like around 1940 or 50, they found Dead Sea Scrolls that matched what the Bible still is. I mean, we could get into that discussion and even the historical accounts and how what you have to have to have credit and in, in to be placed in a history book. The Bible blows away the history books that we're teaching in our schools right now. So I'm just saying, do some research and look at the, the Bible. It's still valid. It's still true. It's still His Word. And it still points us to Jesus. I mean, if we think we can know Jesus, catch His heart, and live this life for Him without going to the Word of God, then I'm just telling you, we're being arrogant, we're functioning in the flesh, and we're being very short, short-sighted of what God wants for us. As a matter of fact, not even if you could, why would you? Even if you could live without the Bible and follow Jesus, why would you when God has given this gift to us so that we can continually have the revelation of who He is? Come on. I, you're like, I, you're on this. I'm on this because we have to understand that the Bible brings revelation about Jesus and who He is in our life. 
You, you want to know why the, the, we should have the, the Word of God in such, in, su, in such value? Because it reveals to us Jesus. Number two, it restores our faith. It reveals Jesus and it restores our faith. I love as you read through the Bible, and you will see even in the Old Testament how many times People in the Old Testament, as we see the stories, as we get past the, the five first books that Moses wrote, they would continually refer back to those books. They would refer back to, to the miracles that happened. They referred back to how God came through. Why would they do that? Because it would remind them of who God was. It would remind them that they were His people. It would remind them of what He can do and how He's faithful. It would, what would it do? It would build their faith. Because the Word of God restores our faith. If you look in the, the New Testament, in the Gospels, Jesus would refer to the Old Testament. He would actually quote that. He would, he would, he would, he would say that. You know, I was thinking about this this morning where people would be like, I can't believe you just read your Bible on your computer. You, if you don't have the actual physical Bible opened up in front of you, you're so unholy. I, I was thinking about this this morning. I was like, well, maybe you should just be like Jesus did most of the time. Maybe you should have it all memorized if you really want to be holy. Anyway, just a, just a thought out there. Um, and, and so we, we, Jesus would refer to it. We know he did open the, the scripture and he would read it at one point, but continually referring to it because the word continues to point us to Jesus and build our faith. How many times would the apostles refer to Jesus' words? How many times would they point to that? I'm telling you today, as we dig into the Word of God, as we read the Word of God, it restores our faith. It renews our faith. Faith comes by hearing and hear, hearing by the Word of God. Listen, you want your faith to, be, to grow, then you got to be in the Word of God. Place high value on it. You know, if you think about your walk with God, if you're a Christian today, and you've surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, then I want you to think about this walk with God. Jesus is revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, before we come to know Him, He's bringing conviction, and then He continues to convict and counsel as, as us as Christians. But there, we know, there's because there's this emptiness inside of us without Him, and we take a step of faith. We take a step of faith to accept Him as our Savior, and He saves us by the confession of our mouth and the belief that He rose from the dead. He is our Lord, so we are saved through faith. And then I think at times, maybe we think that that's it. That's all the faith we need. But faith isn't only a one-time experience because faith is how we then live. When we give our life to Christ, we move from just living by sight to now we're living by faith. We're believing in, in, in God and His Word. And so we go through this now life where we are living according to faith. And that faith must grow and that faith must be exercised and it must grow in us. And so we don't walk by sight anymore. We walk by faith and that faith is built through the Word of God. We cannot grow in faith without the Word of God. You want to know why it's so worthy? It's because, number one, it reveals Jesus to us. Number two, it restores our faith. It restores our faith. Come on. Number three, it renews our mind. 
It renews our mind. The Word of God. Romans 12, 1-2. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Then it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. After your mind is renewed, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. I would say that if we are not continually in God's Word and renewing our mind, then we can't effectively know His will. That's what it's saying here, right? As our mind is renewed, then we are continually knowing His will. A prayer of mine is often, God, your will is not a guessing game. I don't have to say if it is your will. God can reveal His will to me. And how does He do it? Through the Holy Spirit and His Word. And I, don't, I need it every single day. When we give our lives to Christ, we are a new creation. The Bible tells us we're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. But there's still a daily attack on our identity. Because the enemy knows if he can take your identity, if he can steal your identity, if he can, if he can damage your identity, then you will not function in the strength of who you are in Jesus Christ. So we need, even though we're a new creation, we get bombarded by the enemy, by things that would try to steal our identity. So we need our mind continually renewed back to who we're supposed to be. If we want to stay in a new creation, who we are in Christ's mindset, then we must constantly have it renewed. I think some people are like, hey, when will I be mature enough to not have to read my Bible? Never. You know, people say there are no dumb questions. That's not true. That is a dumb question. You're never going to be mature enough to not need the Word of God. My goodness, we have to have it. It's like saying, when will I be healthy enough that I don't have to eat anymore? <laughs> Never. And why would you? Food is so good. <laughs> but we continually have to go to God. Not one of us can go without a renewed mind. If we have given our life to Christ, not one of us can go without a renewed mind. Because what will happen is, if we don't renew our mind in God, we will continually go back to what the flesh wants instead of what God wants. Because in His Word, we are renewed. Now, I just want to encourage you today. I want you to see the worth of God. Why is it worthy? Because it reveals Jesus. It, it restores our faith. It renews our mind. You know, as I, I went as preparing this message, I just kept going over all this stuff and different things and different thoughts and I just want us to walk out of here. This is what I kept coming back to, is that how important, how worthy, how vital the Word of God is to us as men and women of God. 
It's like the meteor rock that just sat on the floor for so long. I don't want us to have the Word of God at our fingertips. Come on. In today's culture, it's everywhere. You can read any commentary. You can dig in and watch any video. You have it in all kinds of resources, the Word of God, daily devotionals. It is at our fingertips. I don't want us to have this precious thing right here in front of us and it go unused. I, oh, boy, I could really go. Let me just go ahead and meddle for just a minute. I can't stand it. And if this is you, I don't know it's you, so I'm not saying I can't stand you. I don't know. If I met you, maybe I would think that. I don't know. You're like, I'm a good guy. Okay, then we'd be all right. But I can't stand it when people say, Pastor, I would love to come to church there, but I'm just not getting fed there. I believe in something called self-feeders. Now, should is God called leaders and teachers to preach and teach and give out the Word of God? Absolutely. But can I tell you, He's also called you as a Christian to be a self-feeder? Who, who doesn't self-feed themselves? Babies. So there is a time maybe when we're babies in Christ, as Paul says, that we need that. But we have to come to a place of maturity where the Word of God is all around us. How about we dig in on our own and begin? When our pastor preaches, we should be following along. We should go see what he's preaching about. You never know. He might just one Sunday go off and preach something totally against him. No, I'm joking. He wouldn't do that. But you want to know. You want to be following along. How about we feed ourselves in God? I'm saying it's right here. It's so valuable. We can't live without it. We Listen, the Bible has transformed my life. I don't want to go without it. I can't afford to go without it. Man, I have too much flesh. It can rise up so easily. I want to continually be feeding the Spirit of God. The Holy Inspired Word of God is for us. I was just praying this morning about this message, and I just felt like God just... So, oh, so amazing, just speaking in my heart like, Scotty, this is for my people. I supernaturally, this is God, think about this. He supernaturally orchestrated for His words to be written over time for His people. Not just Israelites, but because of Jesus, what would be called the Gentiles, others as well, that whoever would call on the name of the Lord would be saved. And when you do, you can jump into the Word of God. And as you're reading, you can see your heritage. How your God came through over and over again. How He was faithful. It's our heritage. It's not just a book. It's about who God is and how much He loved us. It, it, it talks about our, our present, how even in the moment Jesus will save us and He will, he will transform us and he will, he will change our eternal destiny where it can be from without God to with God. It's, it's about our future, that we have a hope that is beyond what we could ever imagine, what we ever deserve, a hope that is eternal, that is in God. And this is right here at our fingertips. How do we not jump into it, digest it, hide it in our heart, let it transform our thinking? 
I want us to think of the Bible more as this a manual for life. No, it's a love story from our Father. It's the Word of God to us. It's not a rule book. It's a playbook. It tells us about our purpose and our destiny and how God has created us for His work. It's not a book that's just supposed to make us good. It's a book that's supposed to give us life. It is transforming. The God of the universe the God that has always been and that has always will be gave us this book. He gave us His Word. It is powerful. Come on, we can't live without it. It changes our lives. It gives us direction. In Psalms it says, Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In Hebrews it tells us it, it divides the flesh from the spirit. It reveals our heart. It gives us direction. Come on. In His Word it gives us hope. In His Word it gives us peace. It builds our faith. It renews our mind. It transforms our way of thinking. And over and over and over again it points us to Jesus. It reminds us of who He is. The Holy Spirit brings it into our mind and our hearts. And I'm just telling you, we cannot, we cannot be who God wants us to be without His Word. We will never grow into the man and woman of God that He has meant for us to grow into without His Word. We will never bear the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, those will never be born in our life without the Word of God. It continually changes us and renews us into who He would have us to be. I want us to understand today that it is worth it. It is worth standing for. It is worth fighting for. It is worth living for because it continually shows us the love of our Father and the love of Jesus. If today you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, I, I want you to know how much He loves you. And not only did Jesus come for you, but God recorded the whole story. It's like if you've ever been to a special event, a, a wedding, or, or a wedding, a celebration and you get it recorded with photos or videos because you want to replay and watch and never forget that moment. That's what God did with Jesus. He recorded the whole thing and He wants us to see it. Jesus gave His life for each and every one of us. And if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, I want you to know today's the day to do it. He gave His life for us because He loved us. Sin separated us from God. But Jesus made us a way for us to come back. And it was Him. He is the way. In Romans in chapter 10, it tells us that if we will confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, it says we're saved. So there's a confession in Jesus as our Lord. And there's a belief that He died for us and rose again. And there's a repentance of our sins and He forgives us. So this morning, I'm going to pray. And if you've, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, right where you're at, you don't have to be in a church. We are the church. You're right there, right where you're at. I want to ask you to pray this prayer. Repeat it after me. And Jesus is going to save you. He's going to renew your spirit. 
He's going to create in you a, a right heart. You're a new creation. Or maybe you've stepped away from God and you want to come back to Him. I want to encourage you to pray this same prayer. Let's pray this morning. If you want to pray that prayer, I want to ask you to repeat these words after me. Jesus, I love you. I believe you died for me and that you rose again. I confess you as Lord and I want to follow you all the days of my life. Forgive me of my sins. In Jesus' name. And Father, I pray that today the Word of God would come alive like never before. I pray today that each and every one of us that would call ourselves Christians, myself included, would catch the revelation of who you are, Jesus, and how much your Word means. That we can't live without it. And that it's a gift that you have given us. And that we would cherish it and we would choose to be Christians that follow after the Word of God. It's worth it. It's worth it. Thank you for the gift of the Word. In Jesus' name, amen.